0: When you want to have a cloud presence, if you're a small shop, you most likely could migrate the whole thing to Azure AD. But if you're, let's say, medium to large environments and you want to get that presence from an identity perspective in Azure AD, uh, you need something to sync that information to Azure. Azure AD Connect is one of those mechanisms
1: mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby.
2: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Hip Podcast. My guest today is George Dale Maida Pinto, lead consultant at IAM Tech Security. Hey George, how you doing?
0: Hi Sean, I'm fine. Thank you for uh, for having me uh, with this podcast uh, to talk to you about some uh, real cool technical stuff. So
1: thank yeah you for that.
2: Yeah, well, and actually, before I do that, let me say who George is. George and I go way back together. He's been an MVP in the Microsoft identity area, specifically, they call it enterprise mobility nowadays, uh, for 14 years. So I've known him through many conferences and we're old veterans from the DEC conferences back in the day and our hybrid identity conferences. And he's an extensive blogger on Active Directory and hybrid identity, Azure Active Directory, AD Connect. And actually, well, I should say his blog, which I highly recommend for technical details, on this whole area is George's Quest for Knowledge. It's J-O-R-G-E, but George's Quest for Knowledge. If you search for that, you will absolutely get his blog. And it's got tons and tons of detailed information on it. Well, you know, George, you've been writing a lot about, recently in your blog about AD Connect and what's been going on with it and upgrade tips and tricks and all that. So I'm wondering if you could just, maybe whoever in our listeners don't know what AD Connect is and how important it is, uh, let what's give us an overview of what AD Connect is and what's going on.
0: Yeah, sure. So many companies have an on-premise environment being, for example, Active Directory, Well, most of them have Active Directory. And when you want to have a cloud presence, if you're a small shop, you most likely could migrate the whole thing to Azure AD. But if you're let's say medium to, well, also small shops, but medium and large environments, and you went to get that presence from an identity perspective in Azure AD, uh, you need something to sync that information to Azure. Azure AD Connect is one of those mechanisms. In the past, you were also able to use FIM and MIM with the Azure AD Connect connector. And of course, there may be also uh, other third-party tools. But from a Microsoft perspective, the recommended way to connect the on-premise environment with the Azure AD environment, at least your tenant, is to use Azure AD Connect. Because for those people that have the, the FIM or the MIM knowledge under the hood, it's basically FIM or MIM in a black box. You're able to configure some stuff to tweak it as you want it, but you can't do the nitty-gritty details that you were able to do in FIM, but still a lot of options that you can configure. So it's basically your uh, bridge to Azure AD to sync your identities.
2: So basically, to make it easy and reliable for companies that don't necessarily want FIM or MIM expertise to do this, and indeed, and that is Microsoft's recommended way of doing it in general, even if you do have those products, right? Yeah,
0: sure. Because you basically hit the nail on its head, is that if Microsoft expected all the companies to use FIM, I think Microsoft wouldn't succeed to have a great adoption on Azure AD because not many companies have FIM or MIM knowledge. So they thought about it and said, well, we need to make it as easy as possible for companies. Of course, they already had the technology being MIM, and they black boxed it and made it as easy as possible to connect your on-prem environment to Azure AD. And that's what's today Azure AD Connect.
2: So what I've seen in, in talking with a lot of companies is they will upgrade AD Connect and then they'll leave it alone for a long time. Have there been recent updates to AD Connect? Is it a frequently updated product?
0: Yes, Microsoft releases Azure AD Connect. There's not a known schedule to me, but they release it uh, because I've seen times where they haven't released a version for let's say three, four months and then suddenly uh, a newer version comes out. It may also be the case that they provide new hot fixes or upgrades, whatever you want to call them, on a weekly basis. It really depends on, on the stuff that they find. And definitely one of the recommendations is to keep it up to date Because the the latest versions has the the best that you need to sync up whatever you need to sync up. Because it's not just syncing to Azure AD, but also syncing it down, for example, from a device perspective or groups. If you want stuff from Azure AD, also in your on-prem environment. One of the things that is really difficult is those environments that are really, really big. So if you have an environment with thousands or hundreds of thousands of objects, it can be really scary to upgrade. But nevertheless, you should still plan for it and test and plan in a test environment to see what happens. Because sometimes an upgrade might trigger a full sync. And if you have a very large environment, thousands and thousands of objects, that may take quite some time before it's finished. And then that's what scares people a little bit. You should always test. You should always test. When I tested myself, uh, I always mentioned, hey, uh, this is what happened in my environment and it didn't trigger a full sync or delta sync or whatever. But you still need to test uh, in your own environment because I'm always following up every single version. But let's say that if you're five versions behind and then you suddenly upgrade, the behavior might be different. You never know.
2: What about the concept of a staging server and what what a staging server does and will that does that help your upgrades or would does that complicate your upgrades?
0: It really does help your upgrades because you definitely get an idea of what would happen. The staging server, let's, let's talk about that in what it is and what it does. In MIM, you can only have one instance actively working. All the others are, let's say passively, and there isn't a difference with Azure AD Connect. So let's say that if you would have 10 Azure AD Connect instances, you only have one that's really active working. All the other nine are passive. And the only difference is the following. The active instance is the one that's really exporting. All the other ones are only importing and syncing within Azure AD Connect itself, they are not exporting. And if you are using features like for example, a password write back or a password hash sync, only the active instance is doing that. So let's say that if your active instance would drop that for whatever reason—a crash or a bug or whatever—then you need to switch one. Or then you need to make one of the other nine the active instance, and then stuff continues to work. So the passive ones are always only importing data from either Azure or Active Directory. So if you upgrade those first, which is highly recommended, then you will get an idea of what would happen of course you need to have the same versions that is recommended to have the same versions across all the the instances because otherwise you might have differences and another important thing is make sure that the configurations are exactly the same across all the. in this case for the example mm-hmm. then across the 10 instances
2: right because a staging server by default doesn't synchronize its its configurations you have to do that manually right
0: Correct, correct. So the different instances don't have any knowledge from each other. So any change you make on a server, you need also to make again, using the example on the other nine servers, you have to do that yourself. Microsoft is trying to change that so that you have a a single point uh, of knowledge. And then basically you have agents that read that information and do the work. But today Yeah, it's uh,
2: individual instances. So that's a great point. And so what you're recommending is if you have to do an upgrade, upgrade your staging servers first because they will behave the way your primary servers are, but they won't change anything. So if something goes horribly wrong, you won't have messed up your environment.
0: Yes, because the, the staging servers are not exported. So you can do whatever you want to do. It will not damage your connected data sources, as they are called.
2: One area that I have encountered confusion uh, with in talking to people about AD Connect features, and surprising amount of confusion, is the difference between password hash sync and password reset with write back, password write back. And people seem to think. That one requires the other. Can you talk a little bit about the two, and if there are any, if there's any correlation or requirements between the two?
0: No, they are individual features. They don't require each other. You use uh, whatever feature you want to use. So, if, if we'll start with password hash sync, password hash sync is one of the methods you can use if you want to have SSO. Uh, Let's say you have an Active Directory environment with, uh, again, an example, Windows 10 machines, and you want to have SSL to Azure AD. Your machines are joined to Active Directory, and you want to uh, access your uh, Exchange Online, SharePoint Online, whatever. So like any other resource, uh, you need to authenticate. And one of the means is to use password hash sync with password hash sync azure ad connected at a high level it doesn't retrieve the password from ad because it's not able to do so but it gets the hash from the domain controller and then it makes a new hash of that with all kinds of encryption algorithms and syncs it up to azure ad and that way, Azure AD knows about the same hash that is in your AD and is able to also authenticate you based on that. If you have Active Directory Federation Services, you can still use Password Hash Sync as a secondary mechanism. So the reason for using that as a secondary mechanism is that secondary mechanism is a backup mechanism, Password Hash Sync is a back- backup mechanism for the federated environment. Because let's say that if your Active Directory or even ADFS would die, then you don't have access anymore to Azure AD. Then today it's possible, in the past it wasn't, but today it's possible to change the authentication scheme in Azure AD to switch from federated to managed. And then you're able, because you already have the password hashes in the cloud, you're able to authenticate right away. So if you're using ADFS, please enable password hash sync so that you have a backup authenticated me- authentication mechanism. If you're AD or ADFS, that's a different topic, for example, by ransomware, then in the end, you'll still be able to authenticate to Azure AD if you have synced the hashes and then after changing the authentication mechanism. So that's password hash sync. And then password write back is, for example, when you forgot your password. Let's say that you uh, authenticate reg- on a regular basis, then you go on a holiday, you enjoy your holiday. After three, four weeks, you get back home and you forget your password. You're working at home you're like, oh shoot, I forgot my password, what can I do? If you have uh, self-service passwords reset enabled in your environment, in your Azure AD environment, then you are able to reset your password. Although the, the authoritative source of your password is AD, then you are able to reset it through Azure AD. It doesn't uh, keep the password. It's just uh, get us your password, re uh, reauthenticate you, for example, the authenticator app or SMS or a phone call or whatever, or security questions. And then if that's successful, it pushes down the password to your on-prem active directory. And then you're able to authenticate in a normal way when you, for example, start up your VPN or whatever. So those are the difference between password hash sync and password write back. They are two individual features that can be used individually, but also together.
2: So you don't have to have, to have enabled self-service password reset with writeback to make password hash sync work. You just have to turn on password hash sync. One other advantage with password hash sync is if you have Azure AD identity protection, you can have identity protection look for compromised uh, credentials out on the dark web. Yes, true,
0: very true. I forgot about to mention that one. Uh, That's another reason to sync the hashes is with that, uh, microsoft is able to check credentials that they gather from uh, all kinds of breaches from the dark web etc the passwords are in clear they are they know of course the encryption algorithm from ad but also the one used by azure ad and azure ad connect and they can recalculate that and as soon as there is a, a match on both the email address and the hash, they can flag that, that specific account in uh, identity protection as a leaked credential. And then based on that flagging, you can take measures to forcibly reset the password so that you stay secure. Yes, very important feature.
2: Anything new going on with uh, AD Connect that we should know about? or um,
0: Well, one of the you know, things that that uh, Microsoft mentioned, they, of course, are making it better every single time they release a new version. But one of the things that they mentioned some time ago is that if you look at the version history, which which is available on the Internet, you will see there are a lot of versions. And Microsoft, of course, is having a real hard time supporting all those versions because if people don't upgrade for various reasons they have to support all those versions indefinitely so to prevent that microsoft made a statement in saying something like okay if you look at the latest version that's available we'll support you back one and a half years until that specific version then so to make sure that people still move to let's hopefully the most recent version and one of the reasons that people might not move is because they don't have the knowledge. That's a possibility. Or because they're afraid in upgrading it, uh, especially if their environment is too big. And with too big, I mean too many objects.
2: Right. That's a really great point that I wasn't aware of. So everybody that's listening, check to see how old your version of AD Connect is, because if you expect Microsoft to support it, it has to be less than a year and a half old, 18 months old.
0: Of course, I can't test it. I'm not sure what would happen if they would really hard block you. Uh, because let's say that if your version is one year and three quarters of a year old. I don't know if they would really hard block you or if they would if you call them with issues that they would say, well, you need to upgrade first. We can't help you. Knowing Microsoft, they won't turn you away. They will still probably try to help you, but most likely they will say, well, you need to upgrade.
2: Yeah, that's kind of my guess would be the latter rather than the, we'll turn you off as they try to improve it. But from a information technology configuration management point of view, you don't want to fall into an unsupported configuration. So that would, would make you look bad. Yeah. Well, George, thank you. I really appreciate the insight. Great hearing about all the things that are going on in AD Connect and clarification, because I know a lot of organizations run AD Connect nowadays, but I'm, in my experience, I'm not sure everybody fully understands what it does and things to take advantage of that they might not be aware of, such as staging servers.
0: Yeah, true. And another one that's really important, that's based on experience that I've had from the, from all those times that I've performed an upgrade and things that I've seen or even heard from colleagues is I wrote a blog post about some upgrade tips. Is When you do an upgrade, uh, those are, at least for me, my best practices to Right after the the upgrade, don't enable sync right away, but perform some checks. And then if you're sure that everything is okay, you're certain nothing was changed or are there any surprises, then you can enable the sync scheduler again and then either start it yourself or wait until it starts itself. And one of the things that that I mentioned in my blog is that I have a few scripts and I'm writing them to release them uh, for the public and I'll make them available through GitHub
2: that's great that's that's great information and and well worth going out and checking for everybody out there that's got ad connect which is a lot a lot of organizations well thanks again george i appreciate the time not a problem i really enjoyed talking to you
1: thanks for joining us on the hybrid identity protection podcast with sean Doobie. be sure to subscribe at apple podcasts spotify or wherever you like to listen visit hipconf.com that's HIPCONF.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.